Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your faith and would help you to get to know God's love, grace, and mercy in a personal way. If you have any questions on the sermon or would like to know more about Maranatha, please visit us on the web at maranathafreelutheran.com or call our church office at 218-498-2808. Thank you, and may God bless. So how many here were here when Pastor Hing preached? And do you remember how he started most sermons off? Exactly. So I'm going to have my own little twist tonight. It's an Oli and Sven joke, okay? One day, Oli and Sven grabbed a pole and they were going to go ice fishing. So they started drilling the hole in the lake and they hear a voice. There's no fish under the ice. They look around. They go about 25 feet over. They drill another hole. The voice gets louder. There's no fish under the ice. Oli looks up, sees a man. How do you know there's no fish under the ice? Are you God? He says, no, you fools. This is an ice rink. (laughs) So... (laughs) I'm glad you had a better reaction than Savannah because if she had a tomato, she'd throw it at me. We rehearsed this before tonight, so. Our message is about repentance. And um, it is taken out of the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23. If you would please stand in reverence to the God's word. I know, tonight I'm breaking out the glasses. (sighs) There we go. When they came to the place called the skull, there they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said. Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly for what we are getting, what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you do invite us to the cross, each and every one of us. Though we don't deserve it, you shed your blood for all of us. Heavenly Father, I pray that you break down any spiritual barriers tonight so that they can hear this word and apply it to their lives. Bind Satan tonight. In your name I pray, amen. Please be seated.
Oh yeah, I gotta give credit to my daughter for helping me with the slideshow because without her, I wouldn't be able to do it. It was the spring of 33 AD. The crucifixion of three men on the hills of Golgotha changed the course of world history. At the time, it was a common practice. And yet, 2,000 years later, we're still talking about these three deaths. These two thieves weren't religious. No, they had the same resumes. But yet, they had very different responses and therefore different outcomes of what happened. The first thief was left of Jesus. He was also known as the bad, unrepentant, and blasphemous thief. According to the Catholics, his name is called Gestus, and in Greek, Gesta means to moan or to complain. Not once did he ever recognize Christ as a savior. No, he didn't respect him, nor did he have any type of confession that we read. No, this guy didn't want to pay for his crimes. In verse 33, he's actually hurling insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? It's like he's mocking Jesus. Save yourself and us. This guy does not want to pay for his crimes. He wants to get off, and probably on the way to his house, he'd probably commit more crimes. No, he was only concerned for his own well-being. He rejected the love of Jesus and kept a hardened heart. He died an angry man. We witness this often today, don't we? The denial of sin no accountability, and people want to avoid punishment for the deeds they commit. So in some cases, there are a lot of people like the first thief, isn't there? Until they meet Jesus, they'll be just like him. 1 Corinthians tells us, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us that are saved it is the power of God. This thief rejected Jesus. Now the second thief, you know, he started out just like the first thief. They were sentenced to die for robbing and stealing. He was a career-hardened criminal Okay, so let's say that the balance, they're balanced right now. They're the same, okay? This thief also mocked Jesus before the journey up to the skull, Golgotha. But unlike the first thief, we see a change in his heart. Why is this so? We're not told why, but what he witnessed might give us an indication. See, the thief witnessed something in Jesus. He witnessed his beating and his flogging. And such punishment, according to the medical doctors, would kill most men. And yet Jesus survived. 
He wasn't cursing. He was just taking it like a man. And Jesus showed true compassion and forgiveness on the cross, didn't he? In verse 34, while he is nailed to the cross, this is what he says. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. What if we were in Jesus' shoes? Could we do that? Could we forgive those who are nailing us to the cross when we did nothing wrong? We see innocent people today take so much grief for doing nothing wrong. It just, it's amazing. And they couldn't do it without Christ in their hearts, could they? So Christ's demeanor, I contend, stirred a change in this thief's heart. Now this thief went from mocking Jesus to rebuking the first thief. Verse 40. Now he goes from mocking to defending Jesus. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. See, death was coming soon for the thief, and he knew it. He didn't have many hours left to live. He didn't have time to clean up his life. He didn't have time to go to church. He didn't have time to earn grace. No fancy ceremonies for him. Verse 41, we are punished justly for what we are getting for what our deeds deserve. Now we have a confession of sin to Jesus. He admits sin is punished justly for their deeds. Now he's showing accountability for his life. In verse 42, the second thief says, he asked Jesus to remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now the second thief recognizes Jesus as Lord and has a kingdom after death. When one sinner is saved, heaven rejoices. And do you realize that this thief was the first blood-bought sinner that enters heaven? Imagine the celebration that happened. This thief softened his heart, confessed his sins, and accepts Jesus as Lord. And this man died a saved man. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no man can boast. We're not done yet. Sorry. There's only so much room on the outline. <laughs> so, how does Jesus respond to these two thieves? Do you notice he doesn't have a response to the first thief? We aren't told exactly why, but Jesus knew the scriptures. And what Proverbs says might give us a hint. Proverbs 14, 29. Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has quick temper exalts folly. The fear of the Lord is a beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. 
we already established that the first thief was angry and he was a fool. The second thief, does Jesus remind him how he mocked him or his past sins? No. Jesus simply says, today you will be with me in paradise. So what have we learned from this story? Both thieves had the same opportunity for salvation. The thief on the left, the first thief, rejects. He rejects Jesus. He goes to hell. The second one accepts. He's in paradise right now. Once you have heard the gospel and reject it or accept it, you can never be the same. The last hours of the second thief serves as an example. Forgiveness of sins and eternal salvation is given to anyone who believes in Jesus. Nothing more and nothing less. Without Jesus, good works alone isn't enough. Faith alone, in Christ alone, determines our eternal home in heaven. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you make it perfectly clear our choices. And Heavenly Father, I pray tonight that those that don't know you seek you and repent of their sins, turn away from their sins and follow you, Lord. For we do not know how many days left we have. We could die tomorrow. I want everyone to be ready. Heavenly Father, thank you for making salvation so easy. All we have to say is, I believe in you, Lord. Heavenly Father, please keep everybody safe tonight as they travel home. And bless everybody's health. Amen.